I'm Jaylen. I'm back. <laughs> Yay. Um, I'm Andy. I'm one of the midwives of Holistic Heritage. This is our student, Sarah. Hello. Um, we'll give people a few minutes to yeah. log in before we get right into orgasmic birth. Yes. Pleasurable. Pleasurable birth. Mm -hmm. It's a great topic. It's a super great topic, and nobody really likes to talk about it because it makes people feel icky. Yeah. Like it's inappropriate to find pleasure in birth. Yeah, I may play a little bit at Devil's Advocate today, so we'll see. I've Are got we going to fight? No, I never fight. <laughs> Intellectual discourse. <laughs> we had a great birth this weekend. And I would consider it, I don't know if she would consider it, but like the viewer looking in was kind of an orgasmic birth. So beautiful and calm and loving. Um, she was amazing. Hypno brother. Y'all, check out hypnobirthing. That's what we're going to find is like, it's yeah. really not about orgasmic birth and like the way you have an orgasm in sex. That's why I feel like, I mean, yes, you can. You can have an orgasm in birth um, just because of the way the genitalia is there. But really it's like switching that word to more pleasurable because there's other words that can describe it much better than orgasmic. But that's the word that's like flashy and gets everybody's attention. It does. But really, orgasmic is more of an emotion that's going on, the whole, the whole setting of the birth. So not necessarily an intimate, intimate sexual experience, but more of a pleasurable. I like that word. That works. Um, so you want to get into it? Sure. I'm trying to think if I had any fun things to say. But right now I'm brain farting, so there must not have been that great. Any, any crazy things from your cruise? Um, I did some crazy things on my cruise. Yeah, I did. Um, played a few games that, if there's photographic evidence of, I might be a little embarrassed. <laughs> You're in, you are in the moment kind of gal. Yeah, I think the people on the boat knew me, and my whole family really like because Caleb was there. Oh, you know what I did that was cool? This has nothing to do with embarrassing, but just like I kind of felt young and hip for a hot minute. Um, it was called a silent disco, and I saw it once on Amazing Race, um, and I guess they do it in other countries, but I've never heard of it here. But you put on headphones, mm -hmm. and when you walk into, um, like, the dance place, it's silent. There's no music happening. But within your headphones, you have, like, choices, right? So you pick A, B, or C, and then everybody in there is listening to different stuff. So somebody might be dancing, like, let's get it. And somebody might be like, I put my hands up in and so everybody's doing something different. So it looks insanity and it's silent, so it looks strange. And then it's like you'll see somebody across the room and be like, I got you. <laughs> We're listening to the same thing. And it was so fun. Now are you supposed to try to find someone that's listening to I don't know, but I did. I did. And my son Caleb is like one of the best dancers I've ever laid eyes on. So he's like the hit of the boat and people would be trying to change their station to find whatever he was dancing to. It was fun. I had a great time on the cruise. Thanks for holding down the fort. Cool. Congratulations. Good time. So, Not much happened. Really, while you were gone. It was very quiet. None of our December moms wanted to deliver. Y'all all waited till New Year's. Well, Christmas. They were busy. Or November. Busy. Or November. <laughs> Busy times. Yeah. Busy, busy times. Well, let's talk about today's subject. Okay. So um, first, I just want to say that there's really um, just recently, probably in the next next in the last 10 years, um, been 
some information about it. And a lot of it is um, media frenzy, like super flashy, sex, sex, sex. And they try to make it because that's what sells, right? Are these hot headlines. Um, And there's a film that came out and there's some really good books about it. But what we're really going to try to talk about more is like the science behind it. The What I'm going to talk about is like the anthropology, how we got to where we are now and why we got there. Um, And I can't take credit for any of this because I didn't do any of this research, but there was a local midwife, Anna Caffrey, who worked long and hard on this information. So I just want to give her big props because she was doing things that nobody else was doing um, and found out a lot of good information. So a lot of the information I'm going to talk about is straight from her. Yeah. And I read, I read a shorter article on Anna Caffrey's research and, um, if you guys don't know it, there's a website called The Orgasmic Birth. Go check it out. Interesting. And um, I watched bits of the movie, too, which wasn't – it sounds like it's going to be so too lighty. It really wasn't. No, it's not. But it was nice, normal birth. And it's more about the attitude to go into your birth rather than um, a sexual experience. Absolutely. Because that's really what the words kind of – uh, make you feel like it's going to be this intimate sexual experience, but not sex in a traditional sense. No, I agree. And um, I was going to say something. Gosh, darn it. Oh, I sidetracked her as usual. As usual, whatever. Um, So I think the biggest thing is that sexual pleasure, like culturally speaking, historically speaking, sexual pleasure has not been important in history, really recently, it's just kind of been um, taken away from women. It's for women, I think it's always been important for men. Always important for men. And there was a time that it was on a pedestal for women. It was important. And I'm going to talk about a little document that's in the British Library that actually said something about that. But we, don't, we didn't have that for a long time. It was really um, stolen from us and it wasn't part of reproductive health. It wasn't part of conception. It definitely wasn't part of birth. And we didn't consider that when we were thinking about female reproduction. It had nothing to do with pleasure. So why would birth be pleasurable? Right. The- and these words are powerful because um, for so long it was taboo for women to own their sexuality, to own that pleasure. And, and no matter what format that is. So when you hear those words, it's like, and then like, in the article, women were afraid to tell their friends that they had pleasurable birth. Right. Well, because the only sensation we're really allowed to glorify in birth is pain. Because it's like the harder birth, the more dramatical birth, the bigger, like less boring birth you have, the more hero you are. Right. In our society. Yes. Um, so we're kind of here to say, man, no, 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 that's not true. Um, Might there be sensations that are uncomfortable or even painful? Yes. But might there be sensations that are pleasurable? And we can have both. Absolutely. You can have both. And I think that's what becomes confusing. Because sometimes when people talk about that they've had this great birth, someone who feels like they didn't have that experience is feeling less than, right? And it's not about making anyone feel less than for anything. It's about your experience and how you're perceiving it. 
Right. And I think that it's cool. And this is part of why I like to do red tents. And if you've never come to a red tent, you should come to one of our red tents. You don't have to be one of our clients, but it's just like a birth storytelling, basically, is because you get to hear a whole side where words are used to explain the way somebody um, perceived their birth. And I always think it's cool to hear those words. Like, um, yeah, sometimes they're not fabulous words. Like maybe they've had a traumatic birth or maybe they were frightened or maybe it was painful. But what are some of the other words we hear that are, are more positive? Right. And, and evoke that, that like pleasurable orgasmic thing. So the ones that pop out for me are like empowering, mm-hmm. um, euphoric, healing like those are all <clears throat> pleasure-filled words mm-hmm. and I'm sure like if you've birthed there are some of those words that pop up for you um empowering is the one that just sticks out for me um and I would encourage you if you did have a traumatic birth um to think about the whole experience because one moment doesn't make the whole experience right this I don't know if that makes <clears throat> sense to y'all so if you could think Oh, well, this part was good. And I like that this happened. And Oh, yeah, I, I was strong. I made those decisions. I did this. Um, then maybe the trauma part of the birth, there can be some healing, a little bit better healing. I agree. My husband always told me, because um, when you have home birth, it tends to become quite an addiction because you're yeah. always seeking like this perfect birth. And every birth is its own thing. So, right, it might be really great, but it's like, oh, but I wanted to do this. Mm -hmm. So you're seeking it, you're seeking it, you're seeking it. And that's really hard. And I used to do that all the time. And finally, my husband's like, babe, we've populated the earth. You're not going to have the perfect birth. You've had great births. And I did do that. I looked through it and looked for those words because Pat, my midwife was always good about like, Hey, let's find the words. Let's write it down. Um, yeah. So I, I, would like you to find your words. What 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 word describes your birth? And if it's not a good word, that's okay too, because you need to work through that. But if it is a good word that evokes some pleasure, own it. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There is no taboo in that because birth is beautiful. Um, and maybe the word's boring. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Boring is beautiful. Yep. My philosophy. We still need to have a sign. We need to have a sign made for sure. Um. The other thing I want to talk about is I think the reason there was a shift and Anna found this to be the same. And um, there's a really famous midwife. If you don't know about her, her name's Ina May. You need to know about her. Ina May Gaskin is when we shifted out of home and into institutions like hospitals and some of the first birthing centers, um, we started medicating people. We started um, changing the way we did things, started changing the hormones that happened, um, making it more like a fog and dissociating the sense from the sensation. So when you're not allowed to feel what's happening, how can you enjoy the sensation of what's happening? Um, so we tend, because most births are in a hospital, in an institution where typically we have an epidural or some form of pain control where we're not feeling every single sensation, we don't have as much of that um, pleasure-filled things. Right. Not that you don't like your birth. Right. <coughs> but you really, excuse me, y'all, but really you don't get the um, 
there's actually a physiological high that happens after you have a baby. Yeah. All those endorphins are just building up into you. I remember for hours after I had my first son, I was just so euphoric. I was so happy. I was so proud of myself. I was amazed that I could push this baby out of me. And, um, and in that sense, you could call it orgasmic birth. Now, did I have an orgasm when I had him? No, I really wanted to kick my doctor in the face. But <clears throat> the whole experience itself was amazing and empowering. I'd like to see someone have an orgasm at birth. I would too. Is that wrong? No, and I, <laughs> and there's like all these memes. I don't think they're memes, but like pictures um, and sound clips of people who are or orgasming or in like in the middle of sex or people who are in the middle of labor. And the sounds are really yes. the same. And so are the faces we make. Um, it's hard to tell even for me, and I'm around birth and sex a lot. And it's similar. Well, if you look at one of our videos, um, it's, I think it's our second video on our page. It's mm -hmm. a very sensual birth. Very. Um, and, but there was nothing sexual that was happening. Not erotic. Sensual. sensual. But it was a very sensual birth to watch. And, and I know, like, some people would watch it, and it, it made them uncomfortable. Like, oh, you weren't watching porn, y'all. You were just watching a beautiful birth. But... It gave them weird feelings to right. see the video. And but go watch it. That's been decades of yes. having it ingrained that's in us. That, that way, that's supposed to be gross and that's supposed to be dirty and, and incestual. Like, how do we feel about crossing sex with motherhood? That's an uncomfortable place to live, and people don't like to live in uncomfy land, so they just don't become tourists there. Well, I understand why it would be uncomfortable because so often um, – we as women walk, we walk an interesting line where we want to be taken, taken as individuals, but not as sexual beings. And we don't want to be looked at as sex, sex objects all yeah. the time, right? Um, it's like breastfeeding in public. There's nothing sexual about breastfeeding. But when you expose the boob, oh, my God, if you become a sexual being, a sexual object instead of a breastfeeding mother. So it's a, it's a little awkward line that we walk. Yeah. What I was thinking is that we have all these different aspects of motherhood where one can be described or should be able to be described as orgasmic or pleasurable, and we're kind of break, trying to break through and, and make that normal. But at the same time, after we have the baby, we're trying to say breastfeeding is not sexual. Please stop sexualizing it. But like, I don't, I don't think everybody knows where to fall on all the different and there's a little bit of a causal relationship between sex and motherhood. So, uh, yeah, right. It, can it not all That's be a, a good fun little. Into our <laughs> You're welcome. We did that on purpose. Yes. So, good. Um, so in the British Library, this is something that Anna talked about. You can actually go there and you can hold this old, wretched, smelly copy of a book called The Midwife's Book. The whole art of midwifery discovered, right? And inside of there, there's a picture that unfolds, and it's um, of a uterus with the baby, and and it unfolds to show the vagina, but the vagina is covered by a flower because heaven to Betsy, we show body vagina. part because vaginas are <gasps> hold your pearls, ladies, vaginas. Um, but the cool thing about that, and you can hold it in your hand, and this was not that long ago, um, because this is books in print, right? So it can't be that long ago. It actually says that um, you cannot procreate without an orgasm. 
And that is what was thought in the world back then, that you have to orgasm in order to get pregnant. Of course, we know that's not true because some women don't orgasm at all and they've had lots of babies. Um, but what I think is cool about that is that we highlighted here the importance of the orgasm. We highlighted the importance of that being part of a woman's health. Um, and that really, really quickly, that was stripped away. And that has nothing to do with reproduction anymore. It's been very, very, um, I hate to use the word medicalized, not medicalized, but like streamlined into this um, like factory. You're a semen receptacle and this is what happens and blah, 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 blah. No, it's like a really cool, intimate, chemical, hormonal, like all these beautiful, pleasurable things. Well, not only that, when you think about having an orgasm while you're in labor, yeah, it's a natural pain reliever for one. And when we have an orgasm physiologically, everything down there, your vagina, <clears throat> vaginal vault, it actually expands when we have an orgasm. So, yay. Yeah. Let's do it. And I read somewhere, I don't know if it was in Anna's papers, that it might have been something Ina May said, but um, women who we feel like maybe their skin integrity will be an issue and, and they've had tearing in the past, um, she found that everyone who did clitoral stimulation while they were pushing, it actually kind of created um, more stretchiness because that's yeah. what the vagina does when we're going to have sex. And it allows that opening, it allows yeah. it to expand naturally. Uh, that she doesn't see tearing. Interesting. When yeah. women do your thing, girls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I might ask somebody to do it next time. <laughs> you know, I don't know that we can ask people to do that, Andy. <laughs> I'll just suggest it. Well, now we've opened the door to conversation about it. Right. Uh-oh. We're going to ignore that. Sorry, y'all. Silent disco. <clears throat> Every week. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other reason, I think, because if we're going to talk about how this happened to us, how did it get stripped from us and how do we get it back, is we need to take note of the fact that it had to get desexualized because for all of eternity, um, men weren't really allowed in that sacred birth space. It was a space for women for midwives, for sisters, mothers, friends, and that's who did birth. Um, but when the time came when men were going to be in the birth space, they had to take away the sex or it would have been inappropriate. So it had to just be the vagina that didn't have anything to do with sex. We couldn't be looking at any of the bits and pieces um, because that wouldn't have worked in society and men wouldn't have been allowed in the space. So that had to happen. Right. And I think that's pretty interesting. So we just need to take it back. Like it's it's a whole thing. We can't put it in compartments because it all works as one. Right. And I think the, the thing to remember when, um, if you're shying away from, like there's a book called The Orgasmic Birth, there's the video, there's the movie, there's Anna Caffrey, there's websites about there. They're going to really talk to you about um it's not necessarily having an orgasm. It's really about the intimacy and the empowerment you have at birth and how you view your whole birth experience. Yeah. Um, not necessarily the act of having an orgasm when you have the baby. No, well, very possible. And I'm I not didn't know. I, did, I didn't have any orgasmic births. But I do remember, and I hear different people say different stuff. So, so this is an individual thing, just like every birth is individual. Um, but when I went to Anna's speaking session, she did have women come in and talk about their births. And there were people who had um, 
like pleasure just beyond euphoria, like uh, orgasmic births. And the words they were using when they talked about the actual feelings and sensations they were having, I found myself going, well, yeah, I had that too. And and I do remember it because like we even tell clients sometimes who are afraid of pushing or they say, I don't like the pushing part. I liked the pushing part. It felt good. I felt mm-hmm. powerful. And you guys can judge me if you want to, but I'm going to be the first one to just be open and honest. When you have a penis in your vagina, hopefully it feels full. I'm sad for you if it doesn't feel full, but hopefully it feels <laughs> full and it feels like bulgy and it feels like something's present. And that evokes a good sensation. It's supposed right. to. It releases hormones and it there is a feeling that only that feels like right having something in your vagina but when you're having birth and that starts to fill up I remember being like oh that that sensation I like I can recognize that that big full feeling and it was less scary not like Chris is like a baby's head sorry babe he ain't all that but like similar sensations. Am I making sense? Sorry, Chris. <laughs> if you were like this, I that would thinking, be no good. I was thinking it though. It's like, well, yeah. But I'm just no. saying like the, that word being full, that's a good sensation. You I know? remember feeling that way too. I remember feeling that I like pushing. I like the feeling of the baby coming down. Was it like pleasure? Like, oh baby, let's do it again. No, but it was, I don't know. I like it. It gives you a sense of ownership, I feel like, because it almost feels like labor happens to you. But then once you get to the pushing, there's something that you can do to be an active participant in actually moving, feeling what what you're doing. Because, you know, you're you're in labor and it might be changing your cervix. It might be descending the baby. But you can't see that or necessarily feel it until the very end when you're going, okay, I can actually feel the progress that I'm making and I'm participating in this. So it does give you a little bit more ownership and, and power. And not only that, it kind of builds like an orgasm too. So you've got this pressure and it's building and it's building and it peaks, right? And then your baby's head comes out. And it's almost like people look like they're having an orgasm right when the baby's head comes out, right? Because it's like, oh, that one moment. Sorry, y'all. I didn't mean to be that. <laughs> but that's what it's like when you see it. <laughs> Can you do that? <laughs> no. Okay, one chance at it. <laughs> Okay, one chance at it, but it does kind of look like that. Don't you think? Yeah. yeah, and some other words I just thought of when I was when I was thinking, like, because I really wanted to be open and honest, um, because if I'm not going to be open and honest, who is, right? Um, bulging, like, that kind of feels good. That's a good sensation. Even the stretching, because if we can switch the way our mind views that uncomfortable sensation into something that's recognizable and not scary, there's no reason to be scared of it. So if we can turn that switch and be like, no, no, this is all part of the process. This is all what it's supposed to feel like. And it can be pleasurable, then it can be pleasurable. Right. And I think we have to come back to how we view the whole birth experience. So it's really hard to have these euphoric, great feelings when we're encased in fear. So when we really embrace ourselves as women, embrace our beautiful bodies and their ability to birth, and we release all of that fear, then we can really get on board to what our bodies are actually doing and appreciate that whole process instead of fearing it. Mm-hmm. And through that, I think you have the more pleasure. Which is why birth. hypnobirthing is. Oh, I love hypnobirthing. The Amazing. boss. 
And you can't talk about um, birth or orgasms without talking about hormones, right? So one of the major hormones is, is oxytocin. If you've ever listened to anything we've ever said, I'm sure you've heard that word one million times. But oxytocin is amazing and it's one of those love hormones. So that alone brings on some pleasure. Um, and then there's another hormone that as long as you don't muck with the process, right? As long as you're not blocking the sensations, we're going to have oxytocin on board and we're also going to have um, beta endorphins on board. So those block some of those uncomfortable, more painful feelings mm -hmm. and replace them with the like hmm, feelings, um, the feelings of euphoria. And I call it the birth fog. It's my favorite part of birth. Kind of like that. I hate to say like, I just smoked weed because I would say that I know what that feels like, but like the like hmm, feeling. Yeah. Are you nodding in? Yes. Agreement. <laughs> I'm in agreement. Those are hormones and they're lovely, lovely hormones. But when we do the things like um, don't feel safe in our surroundings, we don't have a supportive team. We don't have a supportive partner. We don't know what's going on. So we're frightened and we're not willing to surrender. We've got barbiturates on board. We've got narcotics on board. We've got an epidural on board and we've blocked the sense to the sensation. And we've also blocked the hormone to the euphoria. Right. And something that we do in general in society um, with birth is of course, we're in this hospital room with 10 million people around you, and it's not a very intimate experience. Um, when you're allowed to have your birth partner um, be in that room, then it becomes a more intimate experience. Then you can get that buildup of that love hormone, that oxytocin, and, and reach more for that pleasurable birth. There was something else. Oh, I know. Um, one of the big points that Anna pointed out that every single mother that had some pleasure said, and we find it all the time in our practice, and even um, before we had our practice when we were midwives, um, a really good class. The more informed you are, mm -hmm. the better your experience is going to be. So do pregnancy education, do birth education, yeah. even parenting education. And the other thing I thought was cool is that there is um, a deep correlation between pleasurable birth and good outcomes. Um, with breastfeeding and parenting and bonding. Yeah, I think it's um, imperative. Um, and I think if you look over time how we became more hospitalized and we depersonalized birth, um, I think there's some research out there that we have less bonding and less um, parenting attachment. We have more difficulties parenting when we don't bond with our babies. So, um, yeah. And I'm so glad now, like, they caught on. I, I think people have caught on and we're not having um, the nursery take baby for four hours and we're not doing the non-NICU nursery where it's, you know, they're not really doing that anymore. I don't know any hospitals that have a level one nursery. Right. right. So y'all can all have an orgasmic birth. You can. You can. Mm -hmm. And do you define what that means to you? <laughs> All right, make sure you share the video because some people feel like it's taboo and it's not taboo. We just need to talk about it more. This is part of our everyday life. So you can not only have an orgasmic birth, but you can have orgasmic sex. Come on, go have some pleasure. Do you think? Were there any questions? There is one, Stephanie. Oh, hi, Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie. Does Justin's lock the normal? Yes. Of natural oxygen? Yes. Yes, it absolutely. does. Absolutely. 
There's actually some research out there that Pitocin, the synthetic version of oxytocin, causes um, postpartum depression because it blocks our own natural oxytocin. There's time and place for oxytocin. We're glad that it's here. Sometimes Pitocin. it's needed. Um, Pitocin. Oxytocin is definitely needed. Pitocin, the synthetic form. We're glad it's here for the time we need it, but it's far, far, far overused. We need to put it in our pockets and sit on it and put our thumb in it and all the jazz.